It's just a public service announcement sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and <laughs> recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, O, H to the O, V. I used to move snowflakes by the O, Z. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of Moving the Goalposts, a sports and lifestyle podcast that's not afraid to tell it how it is. My name is Nick Mara, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Masala. Mike, how are you now? What's going on, brother? I'm doing well, doing well. You can check out our social media profiles on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at NickMara94. Mike, where can the listeners reach you? Uh, right now, you can reach me on Twitter, uh, at Mike underscore Masala, and on Instagram, Mike Masala NFL. Awesome. Make sure you guys check out all those profiles. Give them a like, give them a follow. We're going to be posting stuff daily, weekly about the podcast, sharing stuff, sharing content. It's going to be great. So the first thing that I think we could talk about today is probably the news that led the media last week, which is the, uh, the extension to Patrick Mahomes. He signed a, a 10-year extension over $500 million, $503 million. By far the richest contract that anybody in any professional sport has signed whether you look at it from average annual value or total value it, it blows everybody else's numbers you know away mike what were your thoughts your original thoughts when you heard the news my original thought was 500 million dollars holy shit that's a lot of money no one's getting that kind of money and if if you're doing just an average annual value like that's that's five, 50 million dollars a year that's that's an insane contract to give out to anybody. And I, I get Patrick Mahomes has had the, I would say arguably the best start to a career, maybe of all time. And he's just going to, he looks like he's going to keep going up as long as injuries don't play a factor. But my original thought was, I can't believe they're giving him all this money over that much time in a sport that's so dangerous and can be taken away from you in a second. Like last season, we saw his a knee injury that, I mean, if, if they weren't as good as they were, might've cost them the rest of the year, but Matt Moore comes in does a good job, gets them to the playoffs. They go on and win the Super Bowl. in, in the NFL, that stuff can happen just like that. So that's why originally Patrick Mahomes' contract didn't look uh, appealing to me, but after, after consideration, after the numbers started coming out of, is it really a 10 year deal or is it, here's a deal. We're going to give you this money guaranteed. And then basically every year, if you're on the roster, we'll pay you. That's just called a job. That's just called a job. It's not, it's not a guaranteed contract or anything. Yeah. If you work for us, we'll pay you. And, and there's definitely, there's, there's guaranteed money in there. The value I think is, is probably, I think it changes because there's so many different clauses and, and, you know, things that would have to change because they have a, uh, a labor negotiation that'll be coming up within the next year or so. And my first instinct, anytime I see a big contract like this is, is it going to be approved by the league? Because in some sports, even sports where there were salary caps, there were contracts that were signed to players with the intention of the final, you know, five to seven years of a 10, 12 year deal that were just never going to be played, but they figured, okay, well, if we sign him to this fake contract, we can spread out our cap dollars over the course of the, uh, the deal. And it'll make it easier for us to put a team around this, this premier player. I mean, the number one 
uh, candidate I can think of is uh, Ilya Kovalchuk with the uh, the New Jersey Devils. He had the East signed like an eight year contract when he was like 34 years old. It was never going to play out that entire thing, and um, and the team was was penalized for it. So again, my first instinct is to always look into some of the details and see how is this you know really playing out. Are they trying to finagle the salary cap are they looking to lock up a player over the course of his essentially his entire career at a uh, at a low number if the salary caps and the salaries in general go up which would in theory happen over the course of 10 years i uh i gotta say i'm confused by the actual deal itself because of all the clauses but like i said the only thing that we know for a fact is Mahomes is going to be the highest paid player on his team, in the conference, in the league, and among all sports. My question, does he deserve the money? On a, let's say on an average annual value, if he signed a one-year $50 million contract and the Chiefs are going to have to pay him $50 million for the season of 2020 or 2021, would he be worth it? Today, probably not. But I think, like like you said, in the future, I think contracts are only going up. Quarterback contracts are going to become ridiculous. It's just the way it goes. Kirk Cousins, when Kirk Cousins is making $30 million, you know quarterback contracts are dumb. The money is just going to keep going up for quarterbacks. So I think eventually Patrick Mahomes is going to be set up where $50 million isn't that crazy. But right now, if you were going to pay a quarterback $50 million, I think that's too much. That's like... A couple of years ago, um, when the 49ers started just giving out ridiculous money to running backs, when they paid Jarek McKinnon like five or t- five or six million more average annually than uh, the next highest running back, and then they go out and Todd Gurley gets paid, and Le'Veon Bell gets paid, and you just keep seeing it go up. So Patrick Mahomes' contract, what's going to happen is Deshaun's coming up and Dak's coming up. So those are going to be the two next dominoes to fall. They're both going to want ludicrous money. We already heard Dak ask for $40 million. That was the rumor. And everybody laughed in his face, including me, because I don't yeah. think he's worth $40 million. Even with Patrick Mahomes at 50 I don't think Dak's worth 40 This This is going to set up quarterbacks in the, in the coming seasons. The problem becomes you're not going to be able to pay all these players especially right now with the way the cap is. And who knows what happens next year when, say, something happens with the season this year. Say the, they're losing money because they're not getting um, full, full ticket sales. They're losing parking money, especially in New England, where Bob Kraft made parking free for the games yep. if they do have fans. So owners are going to lose out on money, which means the revenue is not going to be as high, which means the salary cap jump that normally happens – Pretty much every year, about eight to ten million dollars won't be happening, at least not to the level it has been in the past. Yeah. So you're not going to be able to pay these Chris Jones. You're not going to be able to go out and pay Tyree Kill to a ridiculous contract. Um, eventually, these this is going to catch up to you. And this is exactly what happened with Seattle when they paid Russell Wilson. And as soon as you start thinking about that and signing those contracts, you have to start letting go of your defensive, your defensive stars. You have to let go of your Legion of Boom, all of those guys. So this is exactly what happened with Seattle. It's exactly what happened when we saw, saw big contracts coming up in Denver and what we saw happen in L.A. right now with all these big contracts happening over there. So 
it this seems to keep happening with the high priced quarterbacks and it doesn't seem like a problem that's going away but right now i don't think mahomes is worth 50 but he is the best quarterback in the league right now well, I'll tell you what. So I, I did some research and, uh, you know, the, the website Spotrack, I think, does a very good job of laying out the details of, of professional athletes' contracts, what they've signed, what they are signed for, and how long the, the deal is, is worth. And I came across a spreadsheet that basically told you what percentage of that team cap the player makes up. Patrick Mahomes is going to make up close to 23% of the Kansas City salary cap just for this year. Yeah, see, that's ridiculous. You can't have a guy... That that's just for this year, you said. Just for this year, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think even the the contract really is affected all that much this year. So that that's just for him being a first round pick. What well, what's going to happen when this guy has the has the fifty million dollar deal? Because I think technically is he's, he's still on his rookie deal. So he's still finish. on his rookie deal, but I think the signing bonus money that was given to him has to be allocated in. The years that he's playing right now because that money okay. is in theory up front you can't right sign a 10-year contract and then have all your guaranteed money be in years seven eight nine or eight nine ten and then whatever money you make and then you get cut in the eighth year and they're going to say oh well, we owe you signing bonus money so this year he's actually going to be making 45 million dollars so that's what his average annual value is going to start at for the 2020 season uh, which is still, it's ridiculous. It's even if it's not 50 million, $45 million is yeah. for, for one single player, you know, to make up 20 and almost 23% of your salary cap. And that's just one player, but that's just one position, right? That position usually has anywhere between two to three guys on the roster, a roster in which you're paying 53, but only 46 dress. So right off the bat, you're talking about allocating nearly a quarter of your team's designated money to a position that makes up 4% of the team. Now it's a big position. It's an important position and that's what you pay a premium for, especially in that league. You, you, you want to pay your quarterback. You want to pay your pass rusher. You want to pay your secondary players, uh, you know, big money because they affect the game. It's a, it's a passing game. and, And those are the types of players that you're going to pay big money to. I think it really just comes down to whether or not you value Patrick Mahomes as much as it seems Kansas City does. So if you took Mahomes off of that roster in Kansas City last year, and he was out for about three games, I think they went about two and one in that stretch. Um, Let's say you take Pat Mahomes away and you replace him with Ryan Tannehill, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, some of these slightly above average quarterbacks right. that have experience in the league and, uh, you know, as we've seen with Tannehill, can now not win you playoff games. You're only throwing 17 passes, or I think it was like 11 passes, but can put your team in position. They're not going to screw anything up for you. I'll put it, how about that? They're not going to screw anything up for you. Mm-hmm. Does Kansas City win the Super Bowl with one of those quarterbacks last year? Um, I, I don't think they do. I, this, like, yes, Ryan Tanhill was able to get Tennessee to the divisional, uh, the conference championship game. Uh, sorry, the divisional round. Like that, that was able to happen. But their team was completely different the way that team is run than Kansas City. If Ryan Tannehill, Teddy Bridgewater, 
ex quarterback, throw them into Kansas City. That offense is a lot more predicated on the the ability to throw the ball. And Patrick Mahomes' athleticism it definitely helps there. But yeah, I don't I don't know if if you could just throw in a guy to that scenario and and have him succeed the way that they did. They probably still they definitely still make the playoffs, obviously, because they were they were able to do it with three games of Matt Moore. I think if they if they meet up with Baltimore again, I don't know if that comes out that way, especially with Baltimore's defense. I think eventually uh, it catches up to these quarterbacks, uh, those those not as talented quarterbacks. So Patrick Mahomes, yeah, he may be worth it, but it's just the, that money is just it's too much. It's it's still too much. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I hope never goes unremembered or misremembered, whatever the the phrase is. Uh, Kansas City came back from three double-digit deficits in all three of their playoff games. They were down 24 points to Houston. Mm -hmm. They were down, I think, 21 or 17 points to to Tennessee. You're down by double digits in the fourth quarter to San Francisco, who was my opinion, far and away the best team in the NFC last year. I know Green Bay also had a uh, first round bye and they finished in second, but uh, you know, the NFC North kind of left a lot to be desired. Uh, Chicago was not the team that they could have been. That's probably because of Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be so able they to drafted ahead of Mahomes again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry, big cat. The, uh, the guy wins. I mean, he just, he wins. Yep. There's uh, one, he's only lost one game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been, he's, like I said, he's had one of the best starts of all time to a career. How many people can you say at 23, 24, however old he is, has an MVP, uh, has a Super Bowl? He's done. He's done just about everything you can accomplish in he a few is, short years. He's leading in every statistical category through yep. it, through the amount of time he's played in the league. He was it's, one of only two quarterbacks in league history to throw for fifty touchdowns or more and pass for five thousand yards or more. Now, some of those may be volume stats. You know, just because you throw the ball a lot doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win a lot. But take his winning percentage. That to me is the number one indicator of whether or not a guy is worth it. Yeah, You know, the funny question, because we are New England guys uh, from the Boston area, three years into Patrick Mahomes' career, he's already led the league in passing yards, passing touchdowns, won an MVP, won a Super Bowl MVP, and, you know, as a result of that, won a Super Bowl. So you could make the argument, and I think it would be, really wouldn't even be much of an argument, that he's had a better start to his career than Tom Brady. Tom Brady, in his first three years, went to a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl MVP, didn't start his first year just like Mahomes. And then in the second year, the team didn't even make the playoffs. So, and again, you're talking 2001, 2002 versus 2020. So the money is definitely there in 2020, at least when compared to the beginning of the century. I mean, could you imagine giving Tom Brady, let's just call it $20 million after his second Super Bowl victory in 2003? Yeah, hey, I think that guy $20 that, million dollars a year. That would have been ridiculous. Absolutely yeah, I think. Unheard of. That would have been seen, uh, would have seen blasphemous in, in that its own right. Again, it's two different eras, but think about what Brady did in those first three Super Bowls. 
he was a game manager. He was Alex Smith. That's exactly what he was able to do was not turn the ball over. And his team succeeded through a solid running game, a great defense, great defense. and him and him making clutch plays. And it's not to take anything away from Brady. Like I said, it's a, like we both have said, it's a completely different game. But Patrick Mahomes just does so much more. So it, I think it's more reasonable to pay Mahomes that money than it would have been to – I don't even remember what the highest salary at the point of 2001, 2002 would have been. But to pay Tom Brady the equivalent of that at that time, it would have been, it would have been ludicrous. Yeah, just so, absolutely insane. Yeah, so I, I think it, it's really just going to be about how they manage the team. And they have a lot of good young guys going forward, but they're not all there long-term. No. You're going to have to hit in the draft with your 30, 31, 32nd overall pick. Um, you're going to have to hit with mid, mid to late rounders as well. So they're in for a, a real challenge in a couple of years, especially if, again, the cap doesn't go up the way that they want it to or they expect it to. And two, if negotiations, the CBA negotiations, who, who knows what happens there? Maybe there's a work stoppage. Maybe the salary cap doesn't go up again because of that. Who, who knows what happens? And again, Patrick Mahomes in a sport that can be taken away from you in the snap of a finger, they, they decided to give this guy $500 million. And, and again, the way that they worded it, it's not – it's not really a $500 million contract. It is basically at the start of every league year, if he's, on the, if he's on the roster, I think it's the second or third day of the league year, they will pay him the money. So it's, it's basically like a year-to-year contract with some guaranteed money. I, I don't know if this number's right off the top of my head, but I believe they said the, the full guarantee, the part that's fully, fully guaranteed is only like $80 million. Yeah, the, the total that is guaranteed at signing is $63 million. 63 thank you. Yeah. And yes, there are some... There's more that is guaranteed for injury, but an $80 million... This, this guy is worth $80 million over the course of this contract. And then whatever he gives you is gravy, pretty much. Eventually, if they perform the way that, they want, that he wants them to, $50 million will... $50 million will be, in 10 years' time, will be perfect for quarterbacks. That's, yeah. that's going to be what they're making. Yeah. Now, I, again, I don't know exactly if this works out like the, uh, the player opt-outs in the NBA where you've got guys that are signing, quote-unquote, four-year contracts, but they're really three-year contracts, and then they always opt out in that fourth year so that they can hit the free agent market again and you know increase their average salary. Uh, but that seems to be how Mahomes' contract is structured from the outside looking in where there's basically a, a mutual agreement in place where if Mahomes is not the highest paid quarterback or the highest paid player in the league, he can opt out of that contract and pretty much just say to Kansas City, you need to pay me more money or let me walk in, into free agency because I, I don't know if he would hold out. I don't know if he has the personality for it. I think this was Kansas City trying to maybe show a, a leap of faith good or good faith agreement. But 
you know, it's just, I still, I can't get past that 23%, nearly a quarter of the salary cap is going to be allocated to one player that makes up 4% of the roster. It's yeah. just, to me, it doesn't make logistical sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make logical sense. It's, it's too much to spend at one position. Do you know how many quarterbacks the Patriots technically have on their roster right now? Uh, I think that would be five. Five, yeah. They, they signed two undrafted guys to go along with uh, Jarrett Stidham and Brian Hoyer, and then they obviously signed Cam Newton about a week ago. Altogether, five quarterbacks on their roster. Three of them are probably going to make the team. They will make a combined salary under $10 million. Yeah. I just think there's a little bit of an in-between between between the 4% of the player, like actually counting for their body being on the roster and the 25% uh, that they're getting paid. I think there's a little bit of an in-between. So maybe, maybe you focus on 15% of your, your salary caps going to your quarterback. Cause yes, they should be paid more because they're, they're more responsible. They're the face of your franchise. They're the field general on offense. They're going to be the ones taking all the credit and the blame for wins and losses. So yeah, they should be played. They should be uh, paid a little bit more, but it doesn't need to be 25%. No, no, definitely not. That's a ludicrous number. And, and there have been five quarterbacks to get uh 10 year deals in the NFL, in the history of the NFL. Is it really? And none of them have st- Stayed their entire contract. So played out the None life of, of the contract. Drew Brees, I mean, sorry, Drew Bledsoe, in oh, wow, in yeah, two thousand one. Right. Yep. Ended up going to Buffalo and then to to Dallas. Yep. Donovan McNabb signed a twelve year deal in two thousand two, and he was with what was he with Washington and maybe did he go to like Philly as well? I know that I mean, he finished. I Philly know that to, Minnesota or something as well. I know that he. I know that he went to Washington. I'm not sure if he finished his career in Washington. I can look that up. Right. Dante Culpepper signed a 10 year deal. He was all over the place. He was in Miami. I think he might have went to the Lions at some point too. The, Michael Vick. Like all these guys have been. They signed 10 year deals and none of them have finished where they, where they signed. So it's not really a curse on the team. And that's what I looked at it originally as is the chiefs are really going to be strapped to make decisions over the next few years. But when you look at it more and when you look at the history of the 10, the 12 year contracts in the NFL, they all seem to work out pretty well for the team. There was really no negatives to signing those contracts. No, I mean, especially with, uh, with Bledsoe, I mean, he had just signed that contract. That's why just, he literally just signed it. It's why that was it, crazy. It always comes down to the guaranteed money. How much is a, a an owner or a general manager willing to eat on a player just to say, I don't want you anymore. I want to free up this roster spot and give it to somebody else. Yeah, Donovan McNabb, 2011 season, he finished with the Vikings. I, I did not know that. Yeah, I, I remembered like maybe a minute of him playing a game. That's That's all I remember. There was, yeah, all those guys all happened to uh, sign those long-term deals and none of them really hurt the team long-term. Now you could maybe look a little bit deeper into that and say when these guys signed these deals, after that maybe they weren't as competitive other than the Bloodsoe case, obviously, because they got rid of him pretty much right after. 
Um, but like Brett Favre, when he signed with the Packers, they were in position to get it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, just a few years after that, um, Donovan McNabb with the Eagles, they went to a Super Bowl, I think the year after or two years after they signed that. But then when the extension starts kicking in, that's, that's when the problems yeah. arise. Um, so yeah, I, long, long term, maybe it won't be as big of a problem, but in the next couple of years, as these players that they already have on the roster are starting to come up, yes, Tyreek has a deal that's two or three years left on it. He's going to eventually need to get paid again. Travis Kelsey is in the middle of his career in the, in the prime. So as Mahomes' extension comes up, he should be looking to either get a final deal or, or move on somewhere else. Chris Jones, who I mentioned earlier, um, Frank Clark, who they just brought in. All these guys, there's not going to be enough money to go around. Uh, and uh, eventually that could hurt the team. And it's going to be on – like you said, the coach and the GM to to keep them competitive in in an AFC West that over the it's, last few it's, years it's hasn't getting better. Been, yeah, it's it getting hasn't better been though. Good, but but it's getting better. I mean, I am I'm seemingly one of the lone guys that I know of who's who's high on the Raiders. You know, I no, think I am I'm number one Derek Carr stan. Number one. Oh really? Yeah, I'm, I'm just talking about Derek their defense. Carr. No, get me Derek Carr in New England right now. I would do it right now in a second. Ooh. See Cleveland, Cleveland Farrell, that pick last year in the uh, in the first round. Would they pick him like fourth overall or something like that? Everybody said it was a reach at the time. I had no idea who the guy was at all because I didn't really pay attention to college sports. But uh, that Jonathan Abram guy, that safety mm-hmm. they had, who who missed the entire first year, just watching him in at, in Hard Knocks, like the motor on him. He's like, I want that guy on my team. I want right. him on my team. When, when the head coach has to say to him, hey, don't hurt my offensive players. They're my guys. He's doing something, well, he's, he might be doing something wrong, but my opinion, he's doing something right. It means he's competing, which is what yeah. I want out of all my players. I want football players. I want baseball players, basketball players, hockey players, whatever sport they're playing. I want them to want to be there. I want them to want to be on the field. I want them to put in the extra work. I want them to put in the extra effort. And then depending on how successful we are, then you get paid. You work, right. you earn it, you get paid, we move on. Yeah, and that division that division is rising. All of the teams in that division could be rising. Justin Herbert's now in, in L.A. Um, like I said, uh, we're both pretty high on the Raiders, apparently, for some reason. Uh, Denver, they're turning over to Drew Locke, who looked pretty solid last yeah. year in the few of appearances he had they got him a lot of weapons in the draft too that offense could be could be scary with the amount of weapons they have now um yeah so that that whole division is going to be tough in a few years and and you put yourself in a position where it's going to be tough to compete without uh, the money to spend everywhere else yeah no question about it mike let's get a little exercise in it's a sports podcast after all right that is true I have a list here of 20 names, the highest average annual salaries in the NFL. The top seven, he is number one, which yep, we had, we'd already established that. (laughs) And the top 17 names are quarterbacks. Can you tell me who for the 2020 season as of today, we'll call it July 13th, 2020, which defensive player, non quarterback, has the highest average annual salary, and how much is it? 
for one year? One year. I would say it would probably have to be either Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack. It's probably Khalil Mack. It is Khalil Mack. $23.5 million he's going to be making for the 2020 season. That is the 18th highest salary in the NFL. Would you pay Khalil Mack $23.5 million for next year? Just limit it to 2020. We're, we're not talking five-year contract, however long it's been signed for, but $23.5 million for next year. Would you give it to him? No, probably not. You wouldn't? I, no, I don't think I would. I don't know. I, that's just so much money, man. For one position – and especially a position that's not a quarterback, I, twenty million. See, my problem is I'm not adjusting to the new to the new way people are spending in the NFL now. Yeah, and I, like my mind thinks what we've been watching our whole life, the Bill Belichick mind. Would he pay twenty three million dollars for a guy who's on the field, not really the the mainstay guy? And yes, Khalil Mack is incredibly impactful. Well, I mean, he did give $14 million over the course of one year to Darrell Rivas. And I think he gave about, he's giving about 15 or 16 to Stefan Gilmore. And these were yeah. deals that were signed to guys, you know, Rivas was coming off of an injury and poor performance in Tampa Bay. Nobody necessarily knew what he was going to be. And then after that, he got fat and happy in New York and then ended his career in Kansas city. Mm-hmm. And in the case of Gilmore, I don't think anybody, when they signed him, thought he was going to come in and become the defensive player of the year. So now you look at that contract. I mean, the, fuck, the first three games, first four games in the 2017 season, you're paying Stefan Gilmore nearly $15, $16 million a year when you had Malcolm Butler on the team, and he was supposed to be the one to get the money. I think everybody was wondering, what the hell is Bill doing again? He's, he's just spending money on, you know, the not, not the 53rd guy on the roster, but, you know, put money towards the offense, try and lock up Brady for a couple more years. That deal obviously paid off. $23.5 million for Khalil Mack. I mean, he is an edge rusher, which means that he affects the passing game. He's, he's a three-down edge rusher, which means he's not coming off the field you know, on first and second down, which are running downs. So you're getting a lot of snaps out of him. The problem with a player like Khalil Mack is to pay him $23.5 million Chicago had a great defense two years ago. I just don't think that there's enough around that singular player to justify spending that much money. Right, and that, that's my point on it is, yeah, like I said, Khalil Mack is a great, great talent. The best, I would say the best outside linebacker, defensive end, whichever system you're running him in. Um, I would say he's the best at that position in the league. But for a non-quarterback, and like you said, the only people above him are quarterbacks, and is he the is he the best non quarterback in the league? I I don't know if that's true. I would say Aaron Donald, who I think is like just below him as far as pay. Um, I would take Aaron Donald over Khalil Mack, and that's a position that's even probably even less important uh, in an interior defensive lineman. Now, what Aaron Donald does at that position is incredible. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I don't know if I, I'd pay that kind of money to a singular defensive player who, yes, has done a lot of great things, but I, I just don't know. Is he really affecting the game all that much? Yeah, he's taking, I mean, he's taking, he's taking two defenders on, which is, is two, two offensive linemen on. That, yeah. that's, a big, that's a big thing in itself. 
So I guess maybe that will affect how we look at it a little bit more that he's being double teamed every time. So even the numbers that he is getting are even that much more impressive, but yeah, I just, I, for a non quarterback, I don't know if I'm willing to do that 23, 24, $25 million yet. Yeah, no, it's, it's tons of money. It's, it's an immense amount of money. Cause what, uh, per, what, what percentage of their cap is that? That's gotta be like uh, 15%. So if, yeah. If Mahomes is making 25%, close to 50 million, let's say we cut that in half. So He's probably at 12, 12 and a half, 13 percent of the cap. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'd love to pay a quarterback that much money. Exactly. That's what we were just talking about. You can't do that to, to a guy like that. No, nah, you can't. There's two quarterbacks on this list that are tied at 16th. So it would be the 17th and 16th quarterback in the league. $25 million annually. I'll give you another hint. Is it Drew Brees and Tom Brady? It is Drew Brees, not Tom Brady, Philip Rivers. 25 oh. million a year. Yeah. I... Oh, well, See. so Brady's making 25 million, but his guaranteed money because it's a two year contract, they bumped him up. So he's in theory making more money on the, over the course of the contract, but the average annual salary is the same. So right. you've got three old guys now, Brady, Breeze and Rivers, who are all making 25 million against the, uh, the salary cap or, or $25 million for the year 2020. Would you pay? all three of those guys the same amount and if you wouldn't no. would you pay them 25 million dollars for one year at this point in their careers yeah i would pay i would pay brady and breeze that 25 million uh rivers i think is getting overpaid uh rivers is to me he's kind of overrated his entire career is like he hasn't won anything yeah his numbers are good but everybody's numbers are good by the time by the time patrick mahomes retires Philip Rivers' numbers are going to be like top 50 all time. There's, there's just not a ton to like about Philip Rivers. So uh, I'm not going to pay him that kind of money. But Breeze and Brady, who have both won at least one, and one of them has won six, um, <laughs> have, have shown enough to deserve that kind of money. And maybe you're a little apprehensive about paying Brady that kind of money because of what happened last year. Maybe you think some of that's his fault. Maybe you think it was what, what was going on in New England with him and Belichick. Maybe you think it was the weapons. Who knows? But if you're a little bit apprehensive about Brady, I, I get that. I, I would be signing a, a 42, 43-year-old quarterback to that that kind of money. But, yeah, compared to everybody else, like you said, what, they're 16 and 17th on the list? Yeah, so they're 15, 16, they're tied for 16 respectively because they're for Breeze and Rivers, they're only one-year deals. Brady's a two-year deal, so he's making 50, and it's all guaranteed. But the average annual salary, which is what we're going based off of for this exercise, yeah, they're all, they're all at $25 million, so 15, yeah. 16, 17. Yeah, to, to make them the, the 15th highest paid quarterback, I mean, I would take that all day. Even if you put it in terms of, this is where the highest guys paid and just looking at just looking at how much every all these guys are getting paid rivers is probably somewhere in between that 15 to 20 range as far as quarterback talent i don't think he's as good as people think he is i see you making that face i know people can't listen to this can't see your face but i know i see you making that face and he's not as good as people think he is now listen so so i i'm not an anti philip rivers guy i actually have a friend he's uh, he's a huge san diego chargers fan so uh Big Philip Rivers guy, and I found myself dogging Philip Rivers, and and basically, 
teasing the kids saying that Brady was going to come in and replace Rivers. So you were getting rid of one old quarterback for an even older quarterback. <laughs> and, but your team was probably going to win the Super Bowl. Instead, they decided to go in the opposite direction and get younger. Uh, no, but the reason I'm making that face is, you know, as you say, oh, well, Brady, Breeze, you know, Rivers, they're probably not all on the same level as far as quality of quarterback, but for what you could expect to get out of them for one year, they should pretty much be lumped together because they're the oldest of the crew. They're the older, older guard. The same yeah. thing with Roethlisberger. And I think Roethlisberger is probably, he's probably at the top of that list because he just got an extension not too long ago. This is the problem with the list. When you, when you look at Tom Brady and Drew Brees, would you slot them in as the middle tier quarterback? Let's say every, every team has a starting quarterback, right? There's 32 teams in the league. So 15, 16, 17 is dead in the middle. Are you really going to put Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and, and I guess you would probably put Philip Rivers, would but put we'll, just, Phil Rivers we'll just put Brady and Brees together. They're going to be slotted right in the middle among NFL quarterbacks? No. Absolutely not. And that's the not. problem, is that all these teams, this is kind of what they're, the Chiefs are falling into with Mahomes, but it is, it is accepted it's okay to, to do this with Mahomes. People are afraid to lose their quarterbacks. This is why Ryan Tannehill got paid big money in Miami before he before he went to Tennessee, and then got paid big money again. Yeah, even bigger. This is, yeah, this is this is why team teams are afraid to. They paid Jared Goff early. They pay Carson Wentz early. They're afraid that at any moment they'll be sucked back into the bottom three, five picks in the draft, and they don't want that to happen. So they're stuck in the middle mediocrity, the worst place to be. If you ask pretty much any sports fan being in the middle is is the worst. It's not where you want to be. And that's teams are teams are afraid to get there and go back to go back to the start and rebuild. So it just keeps happening and happening and happening with these these bad quarterbacks and they're getting placed above him. Brady Brady and Breeze aren't the fifteenth and sixteenth best quarterbacks in the league. No. I, I would still consider them inside the top ten. Not as high as they once were. I probably probably last year, if you would ask me, I probably would have said Breeze was number one. For last so, year? Before before the start of last year. Oh, before I, I would the start have said of last that. year. Because I think uh, Mahomes had only had he had only had that one year, right? Before that, maybe two. No, it was one full season, but it was the year in which he threw for fifty touchdowns, over five thousand yards, and won the MVP, and then lost yeah. in overtime to Tom Brady and the Patriots of the AFC Championship game. So, right, and, and he pretty was, much did everything except win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's very very impressive, and I won't I won't hold anybody against Patrick Mahomes' love. I just thought after one year it was a little too early to anoint him the best in the league. That's fair enough. So we've already established Tom Brady, who's the 15th highest paid quarterback in the league, has won six Super Bowls. He's gone to nine. The next 14 names combined have won five. The next 14 above him combined, they've won five. Number 11, making $27.975 million next year to probably sit down. Jacoby Brissett. This was, this was in his second season of his current contract with the Colts. They extended him with a one-year $27 you know, million deal. That was last year in 2019. They made that extension. I think it was before the season started. Mm-hmm. This guy's going to get close to $30 million just to hold a clipboard. Right. Hell of a job. It's, Number 10, uh, $29.5 million to Ryan Tannehill. 
not worth it. Number nine is an interesting one. $30 million to Matt Ryan. Won an MVP, won an NFC Championship game. Is he a, a top 10 quarterback in the league? I'll ask you that first. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Would you spend $30 million to have him be your guy under center? Before Monday, probably not. <laughs> of course not. What are we doing? If we're going to spend $30 million to have Matt Ryan be our quarterback, $30 million, we'll call it $35 million. That should be the cap for how much a quarterback makes in, in the NFL. You know, if you're spending $30 million on the 10th best guy in the league or the ninth best guy in the league, you suck. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. I get that. If I'm the Falcons, no, I agree with that. If I'm the Falcons and I know who my head coach is, who I don't necessarily believe in, and I know what I am really putting around him other than Julio, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't spend that kind of money. But I think Matt Ryan would be better off in a different situation. I'm probably. not saying Matt Ryan's bad, but $30 million in Atlanta, probably bad spending. So the next guy, number eight on the list, he was franchise. So the franchise tag, which is the average of the top five NFL salaries at that position, mm-hmm. is $31.41 million, and it's one year fully guaranteed. That's Dak Prescott. He's looking for $40 million, $45 million. Again, I'm not even giving this guy $31 million. Or thirty-two right. million. I'm, I I wouldn't do it. It's too much money. So I'm franchising him for a number that I'm hoping goes down on an average annual value, not up. Number yeah, seven on the list, thirty-two million. Carson Wentz. He shouldn't even be a starting quarterback in the league anymore. He can't stay healthy. Be thirty-two we, million we, for Carson Wentz. Are we in a fight about Carson Wentz right now? Oh no! Are you a Carson Wentz I'm guy a too? Big Carson Wentz guy. Why? Carson Wentz is incredible. <laughs> in 2017, for the first 13 games, 14 games of the season, he was the MVP, hands down. Since then, what has he done except get injured? He has dealt with a bad situation. <laughs> a horrible situation. Uh, look, He's had no receivers. Uh, uh, he, ha- okay, no receivers. he has receivers, just exactly the same where... Carson Wentz is good. His receivers are good. They're just always hurt. It's the same situation. Yeah. Well, That's the right, thing. Is so, Alshon Jeffrey plays one game a year and has a foot injury every single season. You seem to like the injured quarterback a lot. That's, that's the yeah. thing. Is like I, I, I hate him when he gets scrutinized because like he has the potential. He, he just gets injured. That's the same thing I've been dealing with. All my friends have been – I shouldn't say all. I've had one specific friend my entire life who's been – Rob Gronkowski is not worth the money that they're paying him because he gets injured all the time. This is exactly the same conversation with Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz is deserving of that money. He does get injured all the time, but when he plays and when he's healthy and his receivers are also healthy, he's good. It just doesn't happen all that often. <laughs> not that often. So number six, Kirk Cousins, $33 million. Let's round out the top five again. Patrick Mahomes is number one. We've established at $45 million. Can you tell me who the fifth highest quarterback in the league is? Uh, fifth? Um, NFC. Fifth. I would probably Think say... Moving into a new stadium this year. Moving into a new stadium this year in the NFC? Who's moving into a new stadium in the NFC this year? Jared Goff? Jared Goff. Thirty-three and a half million dollars. He's the fifth highest paid player in the league. You want to talk about overpaid quarterbacks from the 2017 draft, 2016 draft? Yeah. 
Well, the two of them, they're, they're essentially right next to each other. Yeah. Also $33.5 million. This is where we get into a couple of the old guys. Number four on the list, $33.5 million. Who is it? Ben? It's not Ben. Who Roethlisberger's else? third, $34 million. Who else is even still around for old guys? I have no idea. Who is it? Probably not going to be sticking around much longer. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God. $33.5 million for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is an incredible quarterback, and he, he's also the most overrated quarterback of all time. Aaron, uh, overrated? I don't know if he's overrated. I will say I've soured on him in, in recent years. I used to have a, uh, another friend, actually he's a mutual friend, who's a Packers fan, mm-hmm. and we used to argue all the time about Aaron Rodgers, and I would tell him, like, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the game. Like, he, he's just, like, his ability to throw the ball – and score points. It was just it was it was Mahomes before Mahomes was Mahomes. Right. The problem with Rodgers is he's he's a knucklehead. He's like this egotistical look at me guy with, but he doesn't say anything, so nobody really knows it. But right. the more you pay attention to him, and the more you realize just how much of a jackass he is, the more you feel sorry for Green Bay fans because this is a guy who should have multiple Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. who should have multiple Super Bowls. But instead, they end up playing all their playoff games on the road because they dick around during the regular season and they don't take care of business. You know, and, I, and I do feel a little bit bad for the situation Aaron Rodgers has been, held, has been dealt uh, in, in Green Bay his entire career. I mean, there was a stretch of like 10 or 12 years of Aaron Rodgers' career where Green Bay just didn't sign free agents. I don't know if they just realized free agency was a thing, but they just didn't sign free agents. They re-signed their own players and drafted people, and that was it. So I would get fed up too, but you're, you're right. The whole story, all the stories you hear about Aaron Rodgers, the person, Aaron Rodgers, the, the, the teammate, uh, Aaron Rodgers, the, the student of dealing with, uh, dealing yep. with his coaches, yep. they're all terrible. Yeah. So he... Would I want to pay that guy that kind of money? No, he's he's incredible. He can throw the ball, whatever. He can, has one of the best arms, best arm talent, quote-unquote, that people want to always say about him. But at the end of the day, is he winning you games? Is he you, can, you can make that he argument. probably is winning you games, but he's not winning you enough games. Or he's not winning you the right the big games. The right. important games. The games where there's not a lot of teams left playing football on the weekend. Yeah, and, and you, can, you can show all the Hail Marys you want, but are they important? No. Number three, we already established Roethlisberger making $34 million for the 2020 season. And then number two, we've pretty much already talked about as well, Russell Wilson. He's making $35 million for next year. Uh, $35 million for Russell Wilson, I'd give him $35 million. I think I, I was of, all just these, say that. of all these contracts, and that's including Mahomes at 45 for next year, I think Russell Wilson is in the sweet spot. He's the, the, the only quarterback who's making the amount of money that he should be making and th- this is also a guy who really didn't make that much in the first three or four years of his career because he was a third-round pick, and they basically played him to the end of his rookie contract. So this is an example of them making it up to him on the back end. Who knows? But, you know, $35 million for Wilson, like I said, I think that's fair. All right, switching gears. Maybe not necessarily switching gears in terms of finances or talking about money because it seems like money rules the world nowadays in professional sports. Major League Baseball seems to be running into some problems. Last week, we had talked about how 
the season was going to be underway in the end of July, 26th, 27th. We were going to start seeing them play games. It was really going to be the one season that you could say was not going to be, I mean, it was going to be affected by the coronavirus, but it wasn't going to be affected to the same extent as everybody else's was because there was no start and then pause and then resumption. They didn't go have to go right into postseason play. They didn't have to worry about anything like that, but they did have their own mini labor negotiations and trying to figure out how much money these guys are going to get played, how many or, uh, how much money they're going to get paid, how many games they're going to play. Once again, you, you've got millionaires bitching to billionaires and everybody wins except the fans. And that's yeah. all we really care about. Yeah, and you sh- the baseball, I think the exact quote that I put out on our last episode was, uh, I believe more that there's going to be a season right now than I did ever before. Yeah. And a full week later, I'm 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 back where I was. They teams can't figure out the testing. Some teams aren't even showing up to get tested. Like the testers aren't even showing up. I I don't get that at all. How does that yeah, even happen? That's that happened out in Oakland, right? Yeah, I think I think it was either Oakland or L.A. or maybe both. Probably. probably. Um, uh, there's it's just there's too many questions going on with with the league and players are dropping out left and right. We've we've we talked about it last week with David Price. We saw this week with, with Buster Posey. Their players are going to start opting out of playing baseball. And these are the guys who have the guaranteed contract, so they don't need the money as much, especially right. the stars. Mike Trout has been very vocal about his contemplation on whether or not he's going to play this season. And if you lose Mike Trout, we talked about it last week, it's probably not a big deal like nationally, but your Angels fans aren't going to watch if there's no Mike Trout. If you're going to start losing big names like that, like Mookie Betts, if he plays, he's an idiot because yeah, that's yeah, just too much point. of a risk. Well, the only, the only argument you could make in Mookie Betts' behalf is I think if he – so if he doesn't play, does he still get that year of uh, Yeah, they, I, think they said, I think they said all service time is going to toll but that's, over. that's if he does play. I think if he if doesn't he, as well, because I think it's an option. If he, if he, maybe if he has a legitimate reason, maybe that's what it is. Okay. If he had like a health or safety concern or like, which a I mean, all, concern, like all, all these guys could basically say they have legitimate reasons. I mean, you, you can't force someone to go to work in the middle of a pandemic. Right. You, you can't. Now, whether or not that individual says to themselves, well, if I don't go to work, then I'm not going to get paid money. I think a baseball player is probably going to be able to make that decision a lot easier than a grocery store worker or a gas station attendant or anything like that where you, you can't afford to miss work because you're living paycheck to paycheck in a lot of a lot of cases baseball player i mean he could pretty much say well i got to go to work for two months and make a portion of my salary and risk my health risk my family's health it's not worth it i'll no, play 60 and- games how many how many home runs can I hit or how many RBIs can I drive in in 60 games that it's going to make me a more attractive free agent either in the 2021 offseason or the 2022 offseason? It's yeah. probably not going to happen. And it's you're, you're going to go out there and you're going to still command a high, a high number. People probably won't look down on you for the fact that you didn't play during a pandemic. That's, that's not a thing that I, I think – 
collectively, people are smart enough to understand that there's a serious health risk with a lot of this stuff. Right. There, there are leagues that are preventing, having all these preventative measures, but then they're going to let them all play and, and have full contact. Like, and there's, there's questions raised here and, and it's definitely something that should be looked at. And I don't think at the end of the day, people are going to, going to look down on David Price, Buster Posey, Mookie Betts, if they decide not to play baseball this year. I mean, last week, I'm not going to, I did dog David Price for saying that he wasn't going to play. Um, I especially said if, if he was in Boston, then it would have been perceived as him making a selfish decision because you've got, you know, 40 other guys that are going to be there doing their jobs. Why are you any different? Um, the Buster Posey, I, like, I cannot argue against Buster Posey. When, when you have, for anybody who doesn't know the story, Buster Posey, the, the uh, future Hall of Fame catcher in San Francisco, mm-hmm. he, uh, him and his wife just adopted a set of twins, and the twins were born prematurely. So if there's anybody who has a reason to skip out on a two-month baseball season, it's someone like that, you know, and for a reason like that. Um, but even someone like Nick Markakis, so the outfielder in Atlanta, he, he was on record as saying, I talked to Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman was going through a lot of shit, and I didn't want to have to deal with it, so I'm out. Felix Hernandez, former American League Cy Young winner, not going to play this year. You know, the list goes on and on, and it's not going down. Michael Kopech, the guy that the Red Sox traded, the pitcher, for Chris Sale to the White Sox, Michael Kopech's not going to be playing this year. Yeah, it's going to keep going. This isn't going to, this isn't going to stop. Much, much like the, the disease, like the numbers that we're seeing, that people, everybody wants it to go down. It's like, like in likelihood, if people are going to keep ignoring things in, with the disease or ignoring things with the players, the numbers will eventually keep going up if yeah. you're going to act like nothing's happening. And in baseball, the players are going to keep, it's going to keep stacking on. You're going to see starting off with guys like David Price, Buster Posey, Michael Kopech, you're going to see Mike Trout not play. You're going to see Bryce Harper probably not play because I believe he has a young daughter as well. It's These guys are going to – these guys are going to opt out of the season, and it's going to become more and more. And from uh, – what a, what, a, what a difference a week makes. It's in unbelievable. The, in, this, in this world right now. It's yeah. like a week is like a full year. And every time I still think it's March. Yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> March, March felt like it was like five months long and somehow we're in, we're in July, but also every single week feels like it takes forever and yeah. so much happens. And also nothing happens. Time <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah. Is what I'm getting. It's, I, I, and I did just look it up. It looks like they are saying now that if you don't have a high health risk and you opt out, then you don't get the service uh, get, time. Get your service time. Okay. So, so yeah. So someone... if if Betts can't prove that he has a high high health risk, and like we talked about a couple minutes ago, you can pretty much say one way or another that you or somebody you live with or are in close interaction with have a high health risk. You can say that. Yep. Pretty much anybody can say that because I think if you have like. Um, diabetes or asthma those are those are considered high health risks mm-hmm. and and those diseases are so common that pretty much everybody knows somebody 
or is related to somebody right. that has one of these conditions. Yeah. I so mean, you yeah. could you could say that. Even if it was something as simple as just saying like, oh, I got to go take care of my grandmother. Like, I'm sure that there's a built-in excuse for every single one of these players, especially someone like Mookie Betts. Right. Like, yeah, are, are the owners going to be happy about it that one of their star players is opting out of the season? No. But in my opinion, a month ago, when you had all of these back-and-forth negotiations happening between the players and the owners in baseball, it pissed me off so much that I, I wrote a blog about it and basically just cancel the season. Just cancel the season. You guys don't want to play baseball anyway. You, you, you have, I forget who it was that uh, could be attributed to the quote, but someone out there basically said, you have people in baseball, in Major League Baseball, that don't like baseball owners specifically owners mm -hmm. and i think you've got a lot of players who are like well the money in baseball is really good after six years if i'm if i'm good at it i could spend 15 to 20 years playing professional baseball versus eight years playing professional football and make way more money and it's all guaranteed playing i think you have baseball players that don't want to play baseball yeah i think you have baseball owners that don't want to necessarily own baseball teams they it's might want business. the money but it's a business mm -hmm. It's a business for both people. And that, to me, is why the game is dying. You're not willing to make the necessary changes that have to be made, that all, every other sports league in the world makes, to change your game, to make it more exciting, to make it more fan-friendly, to make it more user-friendly. I mean, the production value of a baseball game, some of them are good, but the majority of them suck. Mm -hmm. Like, we're waiting 45 seconds for the pitcher to throw the fucking ball. Meanwhile, you got... Tommy and Johnny up in the booth grabbing their ass or not saying anything and you've just got like a minute of dead air. Nothing yeah. happens in the sport to begin with. I love baseball. I love it. I love going to games. I love watching games on TV. Like you said last week, baseball to me was how I spent my summers. Whatever I did during the day, I always knew I could come back home, go into the air-conditioned room, throw the Red Sox on, and for three hours I was going to have something to watch. I don't have that anymore. Yeah. I, have, I feel like I haven't had that since the turn of the decade, since about 2010. I don't know what happened over the course of 10 years, but the game just, it's deteriorating. It's eating itself from the inside out, and it doesn't want to change. It's going to die. It I, is I going to die. I don't really know what the difference. And the coronavirus is going to be the reason why. The number one, the number one life that coronavirus will take. I'm calling it right now, Major League Baseball. And I don't really know what the big change is that's happened in the last 15 years from baseball. Because if you look at the numbers as far as, uh, as far as like time per pitch or the amount of time per game, it's like 15 minutes, which isn't a big deal. But for some reason, it feels like it's way longer. And it feels like we're not getting the entertaining games. We're not getting Red Sox, Yankees, 2004, 2003 matchups. Right. It feels like we're playing just like exhibition games every time. And maybe part of that is the involvement of all sports, the evolution of all sports, is that everybody seems to be a little bit more friendly. There aren't these big rivalries because players are friends with other people on other teams because they've been yeah. playing with them their whole lives. Maybe that's it. Sure. Maybe you don't have the hatred between the two. But there's there really isn't a huge difference between the game then and the game now. It's it's 15 minutes as far as if you want to go piece of play. I, 
I don't know if that's a huge deal. You know what though? It's 15, it is 15 minutes extra, but it's 15 minutes of absolutely nothing happening. It's not 15 minutes of additional gameplay. It's mm-hmm. 15 minutes of dead ball. And I think, pitches, yep, stuff like and, that. and I, and I do think that saber metrics and as some people like to call it, the nerds have infected the game of baseball more than any other sport. Although mm-hmm. get ready for it, hockey fans, because saber metrics are starting to make a real impact in your sport from yep. our sport. Basketball um, too. But the flow of the game for hockey and basketball can be really difficult to match up um, or mess up by saying, okay, I got to put this guy out there against this guy in this matchup. You can't, like, you change on the fly in hockey, so you can't really pay attention to matchups all the time. In basketball, you have stoppages before a player can substitute, but I don't think you're really getting to the extent that a baseball player is going to come in and because there's a lefty up, I'm going to bring in my left handed specialist to throw. F- five pitches, he walks him, and now I'm taking him out of the game and putting another guy on the mound who throws mm-hmm. right-handed because a right-handed hitter's coming up. It, it's just, they think too much. And one of the best things about baseball that I've experienced over the course of my lifetime is even if you spend 200 to $300 million on your payroll, it does not guarantee you a championship. And a lot of times it's the teams that are in the middle of the packer on the outside looking in of those really, really high-end budgets who end up winning the whole thing. You know, they may not have uh, continued and consistent success over the course of a decade, but they're still winning. <laughs> so, like, I could spend $300 million over the course of 10 years, win nothing, but be competitive every year, or I could spend... million one year and win a championship and then suck for the other nine years. I think I'd probably take the one championship and the less money spent. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's just smart baseball. And these, these changes are, are simple. You don't have to have lefty specialists anymore. This is, that is the national leagueification of baseball is that all, all national league fans and, and players and managers, they all think this is the way that the game should be played. This is, it's the mental, it's the mental warfare of the game. That's, that's what the really exciting, we don't want to see DHs because we want to see double double switches. switches. Right. And we want to see, we want to see pitchers sacrifice bunts, push bunts. We want to see all this stuff happening because it's, you really want to know what's going on inside the mind and that whatever, whoever has the smartest brain, they're, they're the best team. No, that's not exciting to watch. We, we want to see, no, you probably don't have 30 great DHs. You don't have 30 David Ortiz's across the league, but you probably have 30 guys who can hit 260 and not be certainly have 30 guys who are going to be better hitting the baseball than a pitcher is. Yeah, and and every all the all National League fans are remember remember that time Bartolo did it. He did it once and it happened. It's it happened, it's never happening again. It was cool. Like like yeah, you have you have pitchers who are decent hitters, but they're still not to the level of actual position players. Like who wasn't a couple of years ago wasn't Madison Bumgarner saying that he was going to compete in the home run derby or something? He, Madison Bumgarner, for as much as I like the guy, is one of the biggest hardos I think in the entire world. Oh, is he? World. Oh, yeah. I, see, I don't really pay attention to him other than what he does on the field, but that's disappointing. He, he, he's a big, he's a big uh, respect the game guy. 
who you can't you can't show up show him up on a home run. Um, he he's a big he's a big date somebody else with the name Madison Bumgarner. How does he date somebody else with the same name as him? He Wait, dated a Madison Bumgarner. That's no, a real didn't. story. Yes, he did. No, it's not. <laughs> That's a real story. You can look talk, it up right now. Mike, talk for like two minutes while I look that up. Please do. Madison Bumgarner is just he's just a hardo and like. Yes, he's a great pitcher, but he's he's just annoying, and that's that's what happens with a lot of these National League guys. Yes, it's exciting to watch Michael Lorenzen, Bronson Arroyo, um, all these guys who can who can hit home runs as pitchers, but it's the four times a year that they do it. The four or five times. It's not. This isn't the the thirty home run, the fifteen home run DHs that you could have. They just don't provide anything to the batting position and you don't and if you want to not to have your pitcher bat for some strange reason you don't have to make your dh bat for your pitcher that's not the thing that has to happen in baseball you can have him bat for your catcher if you want i don't know why you would want that but you could and catchers are they're similar to, to the 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 hitting ability of pitchers not to not to the full extent but there's not a, a ton of great offensive catchers yeah, this is twice now that you aren't joking, right? The first one that I had to look up to double-check was Donovan McDab playing for the uh, Minnesota Vikings to end his career. Madison Bumgarner, this is October 5th, 2016. So I don't even think – so that would have been playoffs, right? But I don't know if San Francisco was in the uh, postseason in 2016. They probably were. It was Madison, an even year, so they probably yeah. won the World Series somehow. Yeah. Uh, Madison Bumgarner once dated a chick named Madison Bumgarner. This is courtesy of KFC from the stool. Oh boy. He dated uh, someone with his own name and it's not like, Oh, I dated, uh, I, I couldn't even think of a, a, a Jamie like a, Smith. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Like a, and right here, yeah. <laughs> such a ridiculous hillbilly move to name your son, Madison Bumgarner, such a ridiculous hillbilly move to name your daughter, Madison Bumgarner, <laughs> just a completely preposterous hick hillbilly white trash move for those two <laughs> to be from the same town and end up banging each other. How, how can that even be a story? How is that real? And Madison Bumgarner is the perfect guy to do it. He's that, that hardo look at me showboating after every strikeout I make, but don't you dare, don't you dare even think about putting that bat one inch in the air after you hit a home run. Don't you think about it. So when he hits home runs, he doesn't celebrate at all? You know, that is a great question. I don't think I've ever seen Madison Bumgarner's home run trot. He just runs he, around the bases at a, at a know, clip he probably of like is that guy too, 18 miles an hour. and just Doing a quick, a brisk jog. Yeah. No smile. Just looking focused as ever. Need to get back on the mound. It's like, never re remember when Jason Veritek used to hit home runs and then uh, he'd like run into the dugout so he could put his catching equipment back on? Right. Like, he, he just he would sprint around the bases and then he'd take his helmet <laughs> off and run down the steps, like give like two high fives and a dap or two, and then he'd immediately start putting on his leg uh, or his shin guards. Yeah, I don't know. Baseball's... Uh, Baseball's in trouble, though. I think there's there's no other way that you can slice it. They are going to run into some issues. I think this year, I, I'm doubtful that the season is going to be... I think it'll start. I don't know if it'll finish. I mean, you've already got uh, Dr. Fauci or, or whatever his name is. It's basically saying, well, you're going to have to wrap up baseball by 
the end of October because going into the winter, especially in November, we're going to be seeing an increase in numbers. Like we're already seeing an increase in numbers. If that's the case, then you're just, you're going to have to get rid of it. You're going to have to Mm -hmm. call the season off, take the losses, take the time to reevaluate yourselves, look yourselves in the mirror and say, okay, what do we really want out of this? Do we want this, this game, this league, this business to survive? Or do we just want to be the reason that it dies? And Rob Manfred should be the one to make these decisions and he's too much of a coward to do it. Yeah, not a great commissioner. Someone who I did think was a really good commissioner was probably the, the best of the four major sport commissioners was uh, Adam Silver in the NBA. Um, his job has definitely gotten a little bit more difficult over the last year. You know, you start off with the protests that were happening over in China and he was placed in a very difficult position of, of essentially having to either back and defend the Chinese government because they are um, such big partners with the NBA mm-hmm. and there's a huge future for basketball over in, in Asia or take a stand for other beliefs and freedoms and things like that and go against a corporate partner. Definitely not a position that I would ever want to be in. Um, Not envious at all. But if you fast forward to the pandemic, the reason that all these sports really got canceled and put on hold was because of Rudy Gobert and how the NBA responded. They were immediately, uh, or they were immediate to respond and, and cancel games when they recognized that, uh, that the virus had entered their league, had entered their buildings, that they were going to have to put the season on hold and figure out a plan to resume it. Now, I liked the plan. We talked last week about how they were going to be playing an eight-game, or they, they what did they bring over, 24 teams? 24 teams are sticking around or 26, so. something like that. So every team was going to be playing an additional eight games that was going to finish out the regular season, and then they were going to have a, you know, four by seven playoff where four rounds, seven games each, basically what we're used to except pushed a couple of months back. Um, they're another sport that seems to be in jeopardy now because the players don't seem to be enjoying their time in uh, pseudo quarantine down in Orlando. Are they? They are certainly not the amount of players that I have seen already. They've been down there for what, like three days and they're already complaining some of them serious, some of them maybe a little tongue-in-cheek. Joel Embiid's posting pictures of himself back in Cameroon. Is that where Joel Embiid's from? Uh, Off the top of my head, I think that's where I think it from. is Cameroon. Apologies. Like Cambodia Apolo- or something. Apologies if it's not Cameroon. But he was posting pictures of him when he was back in Cameroon, like 16, really skinny. This is what I'm going to look like after living in, in this bubble for the next three months. This is some, – some players are doing a little jokingly. Other people, like – like Rayshon Rondo putting up that picture of his hotel room and maybe we'll throw it up on the social media platform so people can understand what we're talking about. Yeah. And he's just complaining about the way his room looks. Bro, it's a pandemic. Yeah. Everybody is out here struggling. You are getting paid millions and millions of dollars to be way past your prime and probably compete for a title. With LeBron. Yeah, be brought, so yeah, be brought can, to a title. You can sit in a room that maybe isn't up to NBA superstar standards. 
it's still a decent room. Yeah. You got you got all everything you need basically right there. You got a bed, you got a TV, you got a your a spot for your laptop if you're doing if you're doing computer work. I don't know if NBA stars are doing anything on the computer, but if they are, they're probably doing something on the computer. They're probably doing a little bit of something. Oh. The pro- the problem the problem is is that all these NBA players they're they're, they're spoiled. They just don't get it. They're spoiled. They're spoiled. They are the athlete that makes the thirty five million dollars four years five years into their career, mm-hmm. and then negotiate contracts where they say, "Okay, I'll play for you because you can pay me more money than anybody else in the league," but. I want to have my own years of, of, of options where I can decide, nope, I'm going to go back into free agency and make more money from you. Like my intentions may be to stay with you for my entire career, but I'm going to opt out of my contract just so that you can pay me more money because of the Supermax or Deluxe Max, whatever the fuck they call it. The, the money in basketball is, is ridiculous. Like you talk about how much money baseball players make. Okay. They do have to go through six years of team control arbitration before you can hit what they would deem unrestricted free agency. Football is very similar. You're slotted in, if you're a first-round pick, a certain amount of money that you can sign, certain number of years that you can sign. Although we are seeing now uh, fully guaranteed contracts being signed by rookies, which, which I think is, is a step in the right direction. Right. Because um, you can control that cost and you know how much money you're going to be making. And then, hell maybe that ends up dropping the the average annual values down on their second, third, fourth contracts mm-hmm. if they make it to that. I could use Mike Conley as an example. Like Mike Conley makes way too much money. There's there's no, no reason that for him to make anywhere near $30 million a year. Is it Chris Paul? I think he's making like close to $40 million a year. I mean, worth it? No. Good player, great player, all-time player? Sure. But if I'm going to pay him close to $40 million bucks to play for... Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Couldn't be me. The money in the NBA is stupid. It's basically all I'm trying to say. They, uh, they're greedy. And when you have players on well-known teams like the Lakers taking pictures of their hotel room and complaining about the living conditions, like, bud, the hotel room that you are staying in for the next two or three months is probably better than 95% of the bedrooms in all of America. Right. It just comes off as tone deaf. During, during everything that's going on right now, you, you're going to complain that your room is a little bit smaller than you're used to. You don't have all the amenities you're, you've experienced your entire NBA career. Yeah, dude, get, guess what? The whole world's going through a pandemic. Sorry. Sorry right. about it. I don't know what you want. Uh, we're all we're, you're you're getting a chance to compete for a title. Maybe that's not what some people want in the NBA. Maybe maybe they are concerned about their health. Maybe that's one thing. You don't complain about the bubble for that reason. That's that's it's not it's not the same. Yeah, you, I mean, I will I will cut infuriating. I will cut them some slack because their bubble is pretty much at the epicenter of the the growing. Uh, positive numbers in America, which is down in Florida or Texas or Arizona soon to, to come up. So yeah, if, if I'm heading to this place of quarantine where you had an entire county pretty much test positive down near Miami, and Florida's big. Miami's not near Orlando. Orlando's in the middle of the state. It's very secluded, especially Disney World where they have you know 
thousands, tens of thousands of acres of land. Um, but even the, the, the negotiation or the agreement that they came to, they were going to quarantine the players. They were going to quarantine the, the, the staff, as in like the team staff, but they were going to let all of the workers, like the, the day workers that work at Disney World, they were going to go home. They were going to live their normal lives, and they were still going to come in contact with these players on a daily basis. Now, again, when you put testing in place, if you're going to test in the morning, have them practice, and then test them after practice, what is the point in that? Shouldn't the test in the morning dictate whether or not you allow them to play the next day? I mean, that would make sense to me. I mean, <laughs> you're going to run into some problems if you know, I show up to practice at, at 9 a.m., 10 a.m. in Orlando, and I do the swab test or however they're testing down there for the basketball players. They go and run it. Maybe it takes a, a few hours by the time practice is over or maybe by the time, you know, the team's going out for dinner. We get the test results back, and I tested negative. But the second test that I provide that day goes positive. How did I get, how did I get my virus? Right. Because the that first was, test that you're running means nothing. Yeah. You don't, you're not going to have the results in time. So, I don't know. Then you, you just you start playing around with politics and then like, well, should they test more? Should they test less? Blah, blah, blah. Like, that's the type of stuff that I don't really want to. I don't want to know how these players are testing. Mm-hmm. Just tell me whether or not they're going to play. Right. Just be like, yep, he's good to go. Nope, he's... You know, we're going to put him into quarantine for two weeks just as a precaution or whatever. Like, I don't know. I, I think, again, the NBA had good intentions. Adam Silver did a good job by shutting the league down early on. But I don't know if they're going to be able to finish their season. No, I, I just it, I have my doubts now. And it's not like it's like a shut up and dribble type situation. It's like if your only complaint is your room, I think you're doing pretty well. Your room for a couple months. Who, right. who knows? You might you might be gone in a week. Who knows? That's very good point. <laughs> and and you're you're complaining about the food that's coming in. I saw all these guys take pictures of this like the little sandwich that they got that looked like it was from the Firefest Island. Yeah. Like like yeah, I I get it. The food isn't what you're used to. It's not a five-star meal and it's not going to be in the situation maybe you probably should have realized that it's not going to be perfect, 100% gourmet everything, right. five-star hotel living when you decided you were going down to Orlando, Florida <laughs> for <laughs> to finish out your season. That probably should have crossed your mind. Maybe you should have listened to Kyrie about not going down here. No, never listened to that guy. <laughs> Never listen maybe, to him. Maybe you should have if that was your complaint. And in Boston, we're having that complaint. Ennis Cantor put out a video uh, Thursday or Friday of him like looking around his room and like laughing. And he See, had I, the same as Rondo. It's like I thought maybe, his was more tongue in cheek. Maybe like when, it was when he was. He like, is that guy. Yeah, when he was taking the video of like the food that was given to him, and he's going around and he's like, "Oh, we got uh, we got meat, we got some nuts, some cheese, a little salad, bag of chips." Not yeah. bad. Like, he's just the type of person that is so sarcastic that I can't tell the difference. So maybe right. he was bitching about it, but I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess we really don't know what these guys' intentions are. I know if, if you are complaining, be just, just to complain about the room, I mean, right. 
come on. There, there, there are bigger things. You're still getting paid millions of dollars. I, I have no idea what Rondo's getting paid now, but I'm sure whatever it is, he's not worth the money at this point. Probably not. Like, he's a good player, but uh, I, I'd definitely rather have Lonzo Ball than Rajon Rondo. A lot, of the, a lot of the moves that the Lakers have made have just made no sense. I well, get it. You want to bring Anthony Davis. Now. Right. Uh, you wanted to bring in Anthony Davis. You want that. That was a smart move. I get it. Bringing in Anthony Davis. Bringing in Rondo, probably not the best move, I would say. Oh, yeah. Um, We're, we got to be on the same page with this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, he's. There are all crazy. You can't have that many crazy personalities in one room. <laughs> they added the craziest of the personalities in the last right. week. <laughs> it's just they they can't do it. You can't you can't have that team and be and have that kind of success. I was it's very hard at least. When that when, when I heard the rumors that J.R. Smith might be signing a contract to play with the Lakers, I was like, "Oh, that'd be pretty good pickup for them." And that, and I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Wasn't like the last professional basketball game he played game one against the Warriors when he forgot what the score was? <laughs> it's like you, you're <laughs> total knucklehead. All these guys in the NBA, and I, I guess it's we're getting away from the point a little bit, but they're, they're just all like, just stop complaining. Just, right. just do, do what you're, you're brought there to do. You can have your opinions on things that matter, but when it's complaining about your food and your room being slightly subpar to your own standards, like, grow up. Yeah, like you said, just tone deaf. Just totally tone deaf. Yep. Which is such a shame because, you know, the idea of having the, the bubble city where you could quarantine everybody together and really treat it like a, a, a true... Uh, bubble where nothing comes in and nothing comes out without being thoroughly vetted. It would have been, it would have made a lot of sense. Like it sucks that they're going down to Florida. That part probably couldn't have predicted to this extent. Um, but like Orlando's in the middle of nowhere. It really, have you ever been to Orlando? Yeah. When I was a kid. Yeah. Middle of nowhere. Like, the number one spot outside of Disney and Universal is like the Waffle House down the street. Like <laughs> nobody hangs out in Orlando. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think it would be nice for them to at least have some type of contingency plan because I've heard Silver come out and say, well, if we have a certain number of positive tests, we're going to have to shut the league down again. If you shut the league down again, it's over. Yeah. It's done. You're not coming back for the 2020 season. Look to next year. Same thing with baseball. I th- yeah, I think base baseball, hockey, and 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 uh, the NBA they they all need to realize that this is your chance. Who knows what happens? Maybe there's a second wave coming. Maybe maybe your your um, security or your testing isn't as good as you once thought it was. And the, if if it ends up being bad, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Sorry, you lost out in the last half of your season. Sorry, you lost out in the sixty-game season for baseball. Yeah. Sorry, I mean it happens. We're all do we're all dealing with stuff that in this the pandemic has uh, impacted everybody in a number of different ways. You're not the only people who have it happen to you. No, far from it. I do like though that uh, 
I find it ironic, at least, that the number one commissioner, because Roger Goodell hasn't really had to do anything so far except say, yep, we're going to play, and unless something changes, then we're going to play. Like, they're still trying to decide whether or not uh, they're going to play, like, four preseason games, two preseason games, when those games are going to be played. So they have their own things to situate and sort out. But damn, Gary Bettman from the top rope, huh? This guy, he was like Who the silent assassin. The silent assassin. You heard nothing coming out of the league offices in the NHL. Absolutely nothing. The, the most you heard coming out of any team in the National Hockey League was probably guys like Evander Kane and um, Joel Ward, who are the the very 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 small minority of black hockey players mm-hmm. in uh in the national hockey league joe ward obviously is retired evander kane i believe he's he's still with san jose um but during the uh the protests in response to uh george floyd there were a number of black hockey players that were able to form an alliance and did so in a very uh positive way that was pretty much all you heard about the NHL for the last three or four months. And living in the Boston area, you would think that there would be more reports coming out of, you know, the team or the league that we would be finding out more information. Um, We have information now. We actually have a schedule. Not only do we have a schedule, but we have a plan. We have phases that have been, set forth by the league and the players association. And you know what, Mike, we have four additional years of peaceful labor negotiations because they were able to really come together and say as players and as owners, how are we going to handle this for the next year? And how are we going to handle this going forward? Like grown adults just being able to sit down and look across from one another and say, this is what we're willing to give up. What are you willing to give up? Nobody's going to get what they want, but let's at least try and find some middle ground. Gary Bettman, you are the number one commissioner in professional sports for now. It's, it's refreshing after all this whole pandemic. All we've heard is the bad things about baseball. That's all we've heard. There's been no reporting there's been very little reporting I'd say on the NFL and the NBA fronts. All we've heard has been negative about baseball and their, their negotiations and what their future is going to look like and positive now about the NHL. It's, it's refreshing to see that the union and, and the owners can work something out. And, and yes, again, it's a business. It's all, everybody wants money at the end of the day, but it's refreshing to see that, they can come together and and make this happen for the quote unquote good of the game. I mean, this is a league too, and a commissioner that in the last 25 to 30 years has had three separate work stoppages, including one where they had to suspend the entire, cancel, not even suspend, cancel an entire season. Mm -hmm. Like that never happens. That, that, the only reason that happens is because of a virus or a pandemic like the Spanish flu back in you know, 1918 or whatever. You never see professional sports being canceled because there's so much money in it. There's, there's, just, there's no reason to 
say no to some of these deals. Like, again, it would be great if the players and the owners could could come to these peaceful negotiations in every sport all the time, but it's just, it, it doesn't happen. And I, I understand that. I get it. But um, it, it's, it really does seem as though hockey was focused on the game. Like they're in a position where they can't afford to just cancel things. They don't have the same revenue streams for, for TV deals that, you know, football and basketball, especially, but the other three sports have there's, a very, 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 very niche market in the United States. I almost find it ironic and funny that the two hub cities, because they've chosen two hub cities, not just Mm -hmm. one like in basketball, but the two hub cities that uh, are going to be hosting the games are Toronto and Edmonton, Canadian cities. So whatever happens in the United States, once they travel, they're Canada's, not Canada's problem, but... (laughs) They're shipped off and we're never going to see them again. Who cares? They belong to Canada. Like they belong (laughs) to Canada already, but we just get to rent them for like nine months a year. But, uh, but yeah, they're going to be in Canada and Edmonton, very, very, very small population in in that surrounding area in Alberta. Uh, Toronto is the largest city in the country. So there's a large population in that metropolitan area. But, you know, I just think that they've come up with a real plan. And we know what the matchups are. We know when the games are going to be played. We're going to be getting, in some cases, for the majority of the first 10 days of the league's resumption, we're going to get six hockey games a day. Six. And they're going to be staggered, all happening at, I think they're all going to be happening at different times. I'm not sure if it's 12 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 7 o'clock. And then they have the teams on the West Coast doing the same thing, but on like Pacific time. West Coast time, yeah. Yeah. Um, which if that's the case, then there may be some games that are played together, but either way, you're, the NHL should be getting way more credit than they're getting right now. Like I, some people get it and some finally. people don't. And I think of the four sports, like not counting football because their season hadn't really started, but if there was going to be one of the the three sports that were in the middle of play to come back and finish a year, you know, I think Hockey's probably got the best chance of of awarding a champion. And as a Boston sports fan, I also think that the Bruins have the best chance of winning a championship. So it's the number one sport that I would have wanted for them to keep. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people who aren't necessarily diehard hockey fans or maybe just casual viewers, being able to watch true playoff hockey from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed every single day, there may be some some converts, you know, they, yeah. they, baseball. I know that you've been America's pastime for the last 200 years. You're on borrowed time now because hockey, what the NHL's doing over the next couple of months, they're coming for you. They're coming you for that prepared. ass. They're coming. All right, Mike, time for some fun segments. Give me, give me 
This morning I was at work and uh, it was a slow time. So I decided to check out my TikTok profile at McMara94, just like all the other social media handles. And I posted a video last night that. Uh, You're going to look at it, it's going to be like 200,000. No, it's not 200,000. <laughs> it When I was looking at it while I was working. So, so I was, I've been watching Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, right? And there's this character on the show named Bob. For those of you who either remember or don't remember, he's the ginger kid. And by far the, the funniest person I can think of in sitcom history. He's just like the one-liners that he has and the character development that they give him. He's just, he's absolutely hysterical. So I posted a clip of him in one of the early episodes that he was featured in. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I sent it, I put it, put it on my TikTok page. Last night, I think I had like maybe 500 views, 600 views. And while I was at work today, I was looking at my profile and the number just kept going up and up and up. I, I kid you not, I got 15,000 views over the course of an hour. Wow. Like just, but the, the, this damn app is so addicting. Like I know we've talked about all the content that's out there. Like <laughs> I'll, I'll open up my TikTok page just trying to go to sleep. I won't fall asleep until like four o'clock in the morning. It's, it's awful. It's the biggest and quickest way to suck you in and it keeps you there for hours. For some reason, uh, I have a problem like sleeping in now because I've all my work I do in the morning. Yeah. So I, I have a problem where I can't sleep in even on the weekend. So I woke up this morning at seven. I don't think I got out of bed till like nine or 10 and I was just sitting there scrolling through the app. Like, and no, it's not all great content, but it's just, mesmerizing i don't i don't know what it is it's like it sucks you in and you can't i can't pull myself out of it there's like and there are videos that like tiktok made that, that if you go for long enough it'll oh, be yeah. like it'll be like it's like insert michael jordan meme like stop it stop get it. some help, get some help. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's what i feel like when i see those when i see those videos it's like, it's like telling you to oh maybe it's time to get off tiktok and go take a break like even the app knows you've been on there too it's long the, it's the equivalent of netflix's are you still watching exactly screen. like they understand that you probably don't have anything going on right now but they're just reminding you like hey you know maybe get a snack drink some water go to bed yeah like, it's just like so funny and for I think for anybody who I wasn't following along with the like the storyline about TikTok possibly being banned in the United States, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, Probably not. There's just there's too much money in it. Like mm -hmm. even if it's being run by a foreign government or whatnot, and they donate to certain who knows? It's again politics. Get out of here. Um, but it's just it is it's 15 second videos, 15 to 60 second videos, where if you like what you're watching, you keep watching it and then you just scroll to the next one. And if you don't like what you're watching, you just scroll to the next one. Mm -hmm. It's very similar. It's like a combination of Instagram and Vine. And I was never on Vine, but when I would come across Vine videos on other social media platforms, I couldn't help but watch. Right. Which is so funny and captivating. And when I first started with TikTok, I was like, eh, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm too old for it. Millennials aren't on it. It's more like Generation Z. It's a bunch of stupid dances. It's this, it's that. But they, like, tailor your For You page to mm -hmm. the stuff that you're interested in. So within, like, 30 minutes of me scrolling through videos on TikTok, it figured out what I actually have a vested interest in. And it was like, 
I like that one. I like that one. I like that one. I like it. And basically what I do is on my social media accounts, I'll take videos that are very, that I like that are really good that haven't been on for a super long time. So they haven't Mm -hmm. necessarily gone viral yet. And I'll just be like, well, let me save this and share it and put a cat. And it's like, you're just sharing other people's content, but it's funny and it's fun. And it's like, you're a part of the community and you're, you know, what's going on beforehand. Like with Instagram, I would always come across the viral stuff too late. And I don't have to worry about that with TikTok. And and that's the thing with this app is like stuff can, stuff comes to your page so quickly. It can be like, it's, it was posted by some random person in, in Oklahoma an hour ago and it now has 50,000 likes somehow. Yeah. And it, it's on your for you page. It's like this kind of stuff. It it's, it's really weird. Cause there's like a, I feel like our age group, it's like a, everybody's doing it, but nobody talks about nobody it. Type thing. it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we're all on it and nobody wants to talk about it, but it's, it's, they're all, f- there's, there's funny content. There's like, entertaining content there's like my my for you page is pretty much like vine-esque jokes i was big on i loved vine because i was like our junior or senior year of high school i think vine came out and oh peak comedy is is vine comedy for me just like (laughs) super creative and clever yeah so like stuff like that being on on my for you page there's like a ton of like gaming stuff there's a ton of like movie stuff sports stuff so like that all comes up on my for you page and i'm like okay well uh, now i wasted four hours today just sitting and looking at these videos of people dying in war zone or uh there's a there's an account that i follow where it's like this guy and his girlfriend and his girlfriend he like tells his girlfriend a football term and she like tries to explain what she thinks it is to him And it's like that kind of stuff is just funny, like all this stuff is is just entertaining. Have you uh, have you come across the account? I forget the guy's name, but it's it's basically this one guy who has this wicked strong Boston accent. And he, yes, yeah. And he yep. just like tells you about all the cities and what's going on in New England. But it's so funny because if, if you're not from Boston, it's probably funny because he he sounds like a moron. Mm-hmm. And if you are from Boston or from like a New England or like a neighboring state, you're like, yep, there is a Dunkin' Donuts on every street corner. Yeah. There is a, uh, you know, a, a rotary that you have to drive around and, and people that go 50 miles an hour in a 75 in the left hand lane. Like it's just, it's super relatable. And it, they, again, maybe it's a little creepy, but they figure out what type of content you want to watch mm-hmm. and they just give it to you. Right. And yes, the the privacy stuff can be a little bit of concern. How they know that we're all in Massachusetts is maybe a little maybe a little concerning. But at the same time, like, why are you gonna complain about content that you like being delivered right to your door? Right. It's like there and and there's weird sides of TikTok, dude. That that's the problem is when you when you've gone for too long and it starts showing you stuff that there's you've a, never seen before. There's it's like. There, there's an account. I maybe you might have posted this video earlier, or somebody that I saw posted this on Instagram. But I have, I've seen this account a hundred times. Yeah, and it's just this guy with. This man has all of the bread in the entire world. Yes, that was big. <laughs> that this 
man has all of the bread that's ever existed and ever will exist. And people right now that are listening, they're like, what the hell does that even mean? And with the, adult the man song, has every right? piece of bread, every piece of bread ever made. And it is, it is at this guy's yard. It is in this guy's truck. It is in this guy's room. I don't know what is happening. The floor is covered in bread. The grass, bread. The bed of the truck, bread. Well, I don't not just, get it. It's not just like slices of bread, too. It's like hot dog buns and hamburger buns and bagels. bagels. Like, Every single happening? type of carbohydrate that you could have, he found and he just littered it across his yard. And the idea is, so there's this, this trend that goes around. I don't know if it started on Vine or not, but... There's, if you find um, like a little figure, like you could just do like a, a salt shaker, right? A little tiny salt shaker. Mm-hmm. And there's an Adele song that starts oh, playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, so they show the, the camera focuses in on the single salt shaker that's singing the Adele part. And then as it pans, the audio shifts to like the audience that's singing at a concert mm-hmm. and it's like a hundred salt shakers. So this was one single slice of bread and then the guy pans. It may, it's probably in the thousands as far as pieces of bread. Like it has to be, but you're right. Where did he get it from? And I don't know if you ever, this is the first time I saw this guy, which I've been on TikTok for longer than I'd like to admit. But <laughs> the first time I saw this guy's account, and it was a video similar to that, except it was just all one room and it was just full of bread. <laughs> I went down and I went through this guy's videos and I was like, this is, this has to be, this has to be like a trick or something like what's happening. And the more I kept going and the longer I kept scrolling, it was just fucking bread. That is all this guy posts is just different amounts of bread in different places. How is this a thing? How is this possible that this man is allowed? That, that, that's pre-crime right there. I want that guy arrested. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what TikTok should be used for, arresting the bread guy. So I, quick aside, I, was, I, I rediscovered that show uh, Supermarket Sweep the other day. It's, been, it's on Netflix. It's, it's oh, yeah, a, I saw that. Yeah. And uh, another one, like I'm watching it and I'm realizing, so that, the, the season that they have on Netflix, I guess, was from 1993, which was a year before I was born. And I'm looking at these contestants and this show, and I'm like, this is probably when we as an American society should have realized we're probably not going in the right direction as far as our <laughs> choice of entertainment. Because you've got these like 60-year-old ladies that are running up and down these supermarket aisles trying to find like bags of diapers and, and hams and turkeys and like hidden shopping like figures. It's just like so ridiculous but so dumb fun entertaining that you mm-hmm. can't stop watching and that's what tiktok is yeah it's just a, hours and hours of mindless entertainment and it never ends it's not like instagram where you have your page of people you follow no one uses the discover page on instagram i'll i'll say it right now nobody nobody uses the explore page i just Unless, figured i just learned about it 2 days ago Right. Unless you're actually like going to type in something and search for it. Nobody sits there and looks at this is the things that people are uh, that other people are posting. Unless you're looking for specific hashtags on 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 TikTok, it just all comes to you. It's just all curated. Curated. That's how you say that word. Right. Directly to you. And it's everything you want to see stuff that you'll just watch for hours. Every month I've been checking my my usage on like Wi-Fi data for like how much how much time I'm actually spending on TikTok and 
uh, I have I have a Samsung, so I don't have like the exact time. I don't think of how. Yeah, much, I'm not gonna, when I first text, I'm using it. When I first texted you, and my text block showed up as green. Oh, no, I. Uh, you reconsidered. I. I. That's yeah. fine. It happens. <laughs> it's like, just. Oh, he's a green one. It, it's it's a it's a problem that I've learned to deal with. Uh, okay. I'll accept it. Um, TikTok right now, this past month, uh, not even a full month. I have used it. It is my most used app. Um, and I used 22 gigabytes of data just what? on TikTok. <laughs> so it, every single month, it's been roughly 23 to 24. Uh, April to May, it was 29. Doubling that's, up. So that's, that's cellular data too. So that's that, not including when you're connected to Wi-Fi, right? No, that's all. That's all Wi-Fi. So data. that's okay. I, so I don't have unlimited Wi-Fi, uh, unlimited data, unfortunately. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's how much I'm sitting here, and it's just like before bed, or uh, before bed, like when I wake up, or in between games of Call of Duty on the weekends. That that's that's when I'm using it. So I'm not really even using it all that much, but it, I'm using it so much in the small amount of times that I'm using it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm realizing that is the the social media platform of the semi future. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you have content that lasts 15 to 60 seconds, anybody listening, put it on there, mm -hmm. put it on there because someone will see it. And if they don't see it, then you save yourself from the embarrassment. Yeah. But, and I, think, uh, I don't remember if we talked about this last week or if it was before or after the show, when we were talking about TikTok for a minute, um, TikTok being viral or famous, on TikTok is way different than what it is on like Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Instagram and Twitter, like if you have, if you have like a million followers on Instagram or Twitter, that's like, that's a pretty good number. You're, you're up there. This girl, Charlie D'Amelio, who's like the queen of TikTok, quote unquote, the, the 16 year old girl who like took over this app. She has like 70 million followers. It's stupid. 70 million. It's That's an entire country. And she's also the type of girl who like just will post a video just of like her lip syncing something and will probably get like 10 million like 3 likes. 3 million, yeah. yeah like <laughs> doesn't even have to do anything. It's like, it's crazy. Like I see everybody that I follow is like, oh, I'm like, they're, they're a small creator. I'll, I'll give them some support. I'll, I'll watch their stuff. And I look at it, it's like three million. I'm like, how? I've never seen these people before on my for you page. I've never seen like you know the the viral people that you see consistently on on Twitter, on Instagram. Yeah. You you know those people. Yeah. Like here, everybody everybody gets a million. It's Oprah with the with the giveaways. You with the car. You get a car. You get a <laughs> yeah. car. Everybody you, you get, get a like, million. You get a like. You get a follow. You get a follow. Exactly. Like, that's exactly what it is. It's the app where anybody can make it. But I, I do, I, I can see how, because when, when I was at work and, and the, the video views started going up, I would like refresh it and within a minute, it would be like so-and-so and 100 others just liked your video, so-and-so and 35 others just liked it, like seconds at a time. And they really don't notify you with a, like a banner notification or anything like that. It's just when you open up the app, It'll say like, oh, somebody commented and 400 people liked it. But so as I'm refreshing over the course of this hour and I'm like, like, 
I went from 500 views to 16, over 16,000 views in less than 24 hours. Yeah, and, and again, like 16,000 views for me, I, can't, I couldn't even tell you if I've had 16,000 views of social media posts for the last 10 years since I've been active on social media. Mm-hmm. That's still peanuts compared to what this app really does. Yeah. I mean, peanuts. That, so. That's the crazy part about this app it's just insane and it's controlling our lives and i'm okay with it it's fine yeah, i'm fine with it too <laughs> gives us something to talk about of course all right mike so we're coming to the end of the show and much like we did in the first episode i think uh i think the best way that we can end it is with our uh our final thoughts kind of like what we're looking forward to so we'll make this a a regular segment on the show what are you looking forward to this week mike what's your final blow this week, there's going to be a lot of interesting things to happen. Obviously, you have teams starting to go back. You have contracts that are going to have to start getting worked out in the NFL after the Patrick Holmes thing. People are going to start, people are going to start taking into that. And I, what I think what I'm most interested in is the – how do I word this? how players react in the different leagues, the, the social media aspect of going into, going into the bubbles, going into the seasons. And I think as our generation as social media pretty much runs our lives and that's the way you stay connected in, to news and to friends and to everything. Seeing how these guys, are there going to be NHL players that take to, take to Twitter and post videos and, trash their hotel rooms and say how much it stinks being in this bubble? Are there going to be NFL players who start to realize that they don't have anything planned at all? I'm interested to see, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm interested to see how players react over the next week to the changes into the league year and as we get closer to training camp and football. Yeah, and I think last week we we had definitely we talked about how excited we were that sports were coming back and that there was a light at the end of the tunnel for the month of July. We're still we it's still the plan that we're going to have baseball, we're going to have basketball, we're going to have hockey at the end of July, beginning of August. So glass half full, I'm still looking forward to that. Glass half empty. I think this is just a bigger indication for what uh, what the state of professional sports has turned into, which is just, it's a business, it's about money, it's about entertainment, it's no longer recreation or the desire to win a championship for a lot of people. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why, especially for baseball, it's taken away some of the um, some of the magic from the game. Like when you when you grow up watching an athlete as a kid, he's not only your favorite athlete, but he's, you know, he he could very well be your hero, your role model, you know, the type of person that you want to emulate yourself after. And I'm, I'm not saying that all athletes should be considered role models or it's their civic duty to be role models. But I mean, if I'm a kid right now and my favorite sport is baseball, I don't know. I don't know. I think it might be time to, uh, look in another direction but again we're going to be we're going to be glass half full we're still looking forward to the end of the month we're still looking forward to the resumption of sports and i think uh it's going to give us a lot more to talk about too which is always a plus yes sir and final final blow 
I'm so fucking excited for Cam Newton, man. <laughs> I'm so excited. He posted that video yesterday of him saying, I'm going north. I lost it. I'm excited. We might need to do a midweek segment, like a short little episode <laughs> on Cam Newton, like an episode two and a half, because uh, <clears throat> I'd prefer it if he would do all the talking after he throws the footballs, not just oh, lifting no. things up and putting things down. You're lucky we're at the end. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. So we want to thank you once again for listening to the Moving the Goals pod. The Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right, everybody, we want to thank you once again for listening to the Moving the Goalpost podcast. Uh, second episode, I think that we're, we're both having a lot of fun with this. Uh, really looking forward to the future. Really appreciate all the feedback, the responses. You know, we just want to make sure that, uh, again, if, if you've enjoyed the podcast so far, subscribe to it, follow it, like it, give it a rating. It's going to help us out in the long run. It's going to make the, the content that much better. And, uh, you know, it takes us anywhere between two to three hours to make these things. It takes you anywhere between two to three seconds to like it. Uh, you can follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and fuck it, TikTok as well, at NickMara94. Mike, if you want to give out your social media one more time. Yep, Twitter, Mike underscore Masala, and uh, Instagram, Mike Masala NFL. Definitely want to thank everybody again for the support that we got in the first week it was awesome. And uh, and we ain't done yet. We're we're here, and we're we having are. a good time. We are. We're here. gonna keep going. Yep. Till next time, Mike. All right, later, bro. Peace. I'm gonna tell you a story.